السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الحج هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم والشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار Indeed, the best speech is the speech of Allah Azza wa Jal and the best guidance is the guidance of Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم and the most evil of matters are the newly invented matters in the religion and every newly invented matter in the religion is an innovation it is not from al-islam and every innovation is a misguidance and every misguidance leads to the hellfire as he sallallahu alayhi wasallam stated on numerous occasions Indeed, brothers and sisters, indeed, certainly, without a doubt, we as Muslims know by way of evidence from the Quran and the Sunnah of our Prophet وسلم, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us and placed us into existence to worship him and to obey him. Allah informed all nations of people, past and present, from Adam till our present time, of our purpose of existence by sending revelation and scriptures to the best of the noble men in every nation. So he appointed as prophets, as messengers. So he appointed them as prophets and messengers to deliver this primary message of the purpose of our existence 
and to emphasize it and then to teach the people and then to teach the people of their nations how to remain firm on this primary purpose by teaching and implementing the rulings and carrying out the obligated actions of worship and the re recommended actions in the exact manner that it was revealed and intended. And this keeps the primary purpose of our existence as our prime goal and focus. And likewise, to teach the people to keep a safe distance from the prohibited actions and sayings which divert from this primary focus of our existence. So the purpose of our existence in this dunya, in this world, is to worship Allah and to obey Him. This is what is intended from the books of revelation from Allah to be the primary and the focus of our lives. This world and that which is in it has been created and placed at our disposal for us to utilize to achieve this purpose. Not that we were created for this world, rather this world was created for us to use in the correct way to fulfill the worship and obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some people say life is short, so we better enjoy ourselves. They say life is short, so we better enjoy ourselves. And they say either take pleasure from everything in this world, even that which is haram, or they say, or oh, just be heedless and ignorant person wandering around this dunya without any purpose and just follow anything or everything that you please or that comes before you. But we say, life in this world is short. The life in the hereafter is forever. So therefore, we better prepare for the hereafter. We better prepare for the hereafter now in this world. Because brothers and sisters, there are only two destinations in the hereafter, either paradise or the hellfire. So therefore, we need to prepare in this world because whatever destination a person reaches after, that will be forever. That will be forever. So to enjoy the pleasures of this world, even if it is haram, or to be heedless and ignorant in this world, does not lead to paradise. It does not lead any to paradise. Rather, utilize this world and enjoy the pleasures that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made halal, has made permissible for you, but not you lose. Don't lose that primary focus and objective and purpose of our lives as that is to establish the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until the soul is taken out from our bodies. So indeed brothers and sisters, 
So the purpose of our life is to worship our Creator, Allah. However, true worship of Allah cannot be achieved and it is not accepted by Allah except if a person does two things when he or she worships Allah Azza wa Jal. Two things a person must do when they worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for them to achieve that objective to fulfill the purpose of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they have two very important points which the companions of our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and likewise our other pious predecessors gave great attention to and it would be something which remained as a constant emphasized reminder for others because brothers and sisters if a person gets one or both of them wrong then it is the greatest disaster in reality it is the greatest disaster it is the greatest calamity upon a person whereby such a person will not be fulfilling the purpose of their life in the correct way and the correct manner and the actions of worship will not be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it will be invalidated so there so is there a greater loss and calamity upon a person than this than not fulfilling these two affairs which leads to the actions of worship not being accepted and lead them not actualizing and fulfilling the purpose of worship in our lives the first of those points the first of those important two points is that a person must ensure that when one worships Allah that the worship or that his or her action of worship is performed purely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone 100% your intention 100% is purely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to please Allah and not even 1% or any fraction of it is intended or diverted away and given for the pleasure of someone or something besides Allah Azza wa Jal, whatever or whoever that is. So a person worships to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, the creator of all that exists. And a person must fight and repel any temptation, any temptation to give a portion of his or her worship to others besides Allah. So he does not worship or for example make dua to please a righteous person who Allah created. Nor that his worship changes from pleasing Allah to pleasing those looking at him, worshipping Allah those seeing him or her so therefore 
This is classed as showing off, showing off your worship to those around you so that they may have good thought about you or think better of you. And you are seeking that your rank in their hearts rise, that they think they start praising you and think this is a pious individual. And whilst you are perfecting, for example, that dua and that salah, which you are perfecting in every single way except inside, in the heart. And the heart is corrupted. It's diverting away to other than Allah, showing off only to others. So therefore, he, brothers and sisters, action of worship is being dedicated and given to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this invalidates a person's action of worship. If a person were to intend his worship for other than Allah, and his intention were to show off for praise, then that is shirk. That is classified as shirk. And shirk is the greatest sin. There is no, there is no sin greater than it. So therefore, brothers and sisters, there is no greater calamity upon a person than this. There is no greater calamity upon a person if a person falls into shirk. Poverty is nothing. Illness is nothing compared to a person only falling in shirk, not fulfilling that main objecting in their lives, worshipping other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, worshipping other than Allah, and the actions are invalidated, not accepted, mardood, rejected. So therefore, brothers and sisters, we need to pay attention to this first point and make sure that our intention which lies in the heart when we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that it is 100% purely dedicated for Allah Ali subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah azza wa jal says in the Quran inna shirka la dhulmun azim Indeed, shirk, ascribing partners to Allah, or worshipping others along with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, la dhulmun azim, is a great wrongdoing, is a great and a transgression. And likewise, for you to understand how great this calamity of shirk is upon a person, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Indeed, whosoever ascribes partners to Allah, meaning worships others along with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah has forbidden paradise for that person. Allah has forbidden paradise for that person. 
and his final destination is the hellfire and for the wrongdoers there will be no helpers no helpers on the day of judgment to place them in paradise no helpers to take them out of the hellfire if a person died upon major shirk a person died upon major shirk worshipping others with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so from this verse we understand the severity of this calamity of shirk upon a person you can die as a poor person and go to Jannah you can die as an ill person and go to Jannah die upon shirk Major shirk, Allah says that he's prohibited and forbidden paradise for those who die upon major shirk. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wassalatu wassalamu ala nabiyyina Muhammad Wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'een Amma ba'd And the second thing That a person must ensure that they do When they worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when they are performing their actions of worship <coughs> is <coughs> that that action of worship is performed precisely according to the teachings of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam performed exactly the way that he Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam performed it and taught it because <coughs> He was sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to teach us how to worship Allah azza wa jal the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to worship Him. Allah did not only command us to worship Him and left us to our own minds and intellect and emotion to decide how to worship the Creator of the heavens and the earth, but rather Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught his prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam precisely how he Allah wants mankind to worship him. So he, the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught his ummah with words and action and made it clear what type of worship to do. What type of worship would you do? And at what time? And how many units it is? And in which manner we should do those actions of worship? And a simple example is the prayer. A type of worship. The prayer, salah, which we pray five times a day. How many times? Five times a day. How many, how many units? 
Fajr, two units, two rakah, Dhuhr, four, Asr, four, Maghrib, three, Isha, four. Precise. Precise. How do we perform the action of worship? As detailed to the ahadith, where the companions described the prayer of the Prophet from its beginning till its end. What time? Likewise, clarified for us when is the time for Fajr Salah, for Dhuhr Salah, for Asr, for Maghrib, and for Aisha. All of that is precise and is clearly understood by everybody. Of course, that we stick to five daily prayers, which is compulsory upon us. Of course, we're speaking about the Fard. If we were to add to our own intellect and our own emotion and we want to add another one, we want to add another Salah, six prayers a day, because it's a good thing. That's what we will think. Because it's a good thing, feels good. We're doing more worship. Why not? So why will we stay away from that is because it is precisely prescribed for us five salah. And that is what our pious predecessors and the companions likewise were upon and ijma' agreement of all of the Muslims. That is five. Why? Likewise as well, when we wake up from Fajr in the morning, we pray two. But we don't pray three or four as the fard and for Fajr. Because we understand there is a limit here. This is legislation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no way that by our own intellect or emo emotion that we can add to it or take away from it in any form or manner because we understand that Allah created us, gave us the purpose of our lives, sent prophets and messengers, guided us and taught us precisely what we need to do and when we need to do it what we need to do and when and we need to do it so that's why the do's and the don'ts are from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what we do and what we don't do is from allah azza wa jal so therefore brothers and sisters there is a specific way in our actions of worship the type of worship and the time and the manner and the number of units that is all precise and recorded and for us in our revelation and taught by the Prophet So it is important that when we perform an action of worship for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we abide exactly the way it was performed by the Prophet If we go against that, then it is not accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As the Messenger, our Prophet said, Man ahdatha fi amrina hadha, ma laysa minhu fahuwa rad. Whosoever introduces something new in this affair of ours, meaning this religion, then it is rejected. Rejected back on the doer and of that action. And likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, 
وما أتاكم الرسول فخذوه وما نهاكم عنه فانتهوا whatever the messenger gives you whatever he gives you whatever he commands you with then take it and do it and whatever he prohibits you from then refrain from it and he then refrained and he from it and likewise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهِ Indeed, there is a great and perfect example for you in the Messenger of Allah for those and who hope the meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So all of these evidences, brothers and sisters, point and indicate to us that we need to follow the Prophet precisely and especially in our actions and of worship especially in our actions of worship because if we get one of those two things wrong then it is the greatest calamity upon us that our actions of worship are not accepted by Allah and validated and greater than that if a person falls into major shirk then, brothers and sisters, as we have mentioned previously and earlier, that whosoever dies upon major shirk, then Allah has clarified clearly in His verse the consequence and of that. So we need to stay within the limits set by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So whatever the Messenger وسلم, did regarding actions of worship, we follow and we do it. Whatever he did not do, then we do not do it as well. Whatever he did not do, we do not do it as well. He was the best of mankind, the most guided from mankind. The best of this ummah, the best of people, guaranteed paradise. So if he left something, Therefore, we should leave it as well. We should leave it as well. And we should not allow our minds, our intellect, our culture, our emotion to pull us in a certain way that we end up doing things that for us we think is khair. Is khair to add this action of worship after this one or together with this one and just made a little alteration there to make it feel a bit longer or better in this way or that way we should not allow ourselves or the shaytan or anybody else to deceive us regarding this matter because the evidences are clear in the quran and the sunnah let the evidences guide us not our minds not our intellect or our emotion all of these three affairs should be guided by the quran and the Sunnah, and they should submit to the Quran and the, and the Sunnah and the teachings and the, in it. Finally, brothers and sisters, these two affairs, these two very important affairs that a person must ensure they do when they worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whenever they worship Allah, these two affairs are contained in a statement which we say 
multiple times every day. Every day, multiple times, we say, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah, wa Ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. We say, I bear witness that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah, and that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. The statement of La ilaha illallah and Muhammad Rasulullah, and the first part, La ilaha illallah. There is no deity worthy of worship except Allah. That statement is a statement of ikhlas, sincerity, which teaches you and reminds you 100% your action of worship should be dedicated to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala purely for Allah azza wa jal because there is nothing worthy of worship except Allah, the creator, al-Rabb, the Lord, Al-Khaliq, the creator of everything, Al-Razzaq, the sustainer, the provider of all of his creation, Al-Mudabbir, the one who governs and controls all of the affairs of the creation. And the second part of the testimony of faith, Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. We testify that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. And when we testify that to this statement, brothers and sisters, it's not something just that we say, but it has meaning to it. It has things that it requires upon you to do and to believe in. That whatever he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, came with, whatever information, he informed us of the past and the future. We believe in it. There's no doubt. Because he's the messenger of Allah. And whatever command he gave, then we obey it. And whatever prohibition he gave, then we stay far away from it. And lastly, That we do not worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except the way has been legislated the way was performed by Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam if we are true to this kalima of la ilaha illallah and Muhammad rasulullah then we should dedicate all of our actions of worship 100% our intention 100% for pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and if we are true to Muhammad rasulullah then all of those actions of worship must follow his example, his teachings. Where he did it, we do it. Where he didn't do it, we do not do it. We do not exceed the limits set by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the limits implemented by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to increase us in beneficial knowledge. And we ask when we ask <coughs> And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to increase us in righteous actions.